Well, bucking a 20-year-old trend somewhere in that neighborhood, Time Magazine has named Elon Musk Person of the Year. And the trend that they buck, of course, is that this person actually probably deserves the uh, title. Hi, everybody. I'm Bill Whittle here with Steve Green and Scott Ott. This is your right angle on uh, the most interesting man in the world. Uh, I don't think there's really much question about that. Now, as it turns out, every second or third episode here on uh, Right Angle is about SpaceX. So I don't want to talk about SpaceX right now, really, to be honest with you. I want to talk more about about the peculiarities of this um, African-American. Um, he is uh, a, a remarkable guy for a number of reasons. And I think from uh, just from a spectator point of view, Putting aside, again, all of the things that he's accomplishing, which I think are miraculous, uh, this guy's actually clever and funny. Uh, Steve, we may remember that a while ago Bernie Sanders said something about Elon Musk or, or how the billionaire shouldn't be taking all of those space rides or whatever the case may be. Uh, do you want to repeat for our audience what um, what Elon Musk tweeted back in response to that? <laughs> I don't have the exact quote in front Sorry. of me. It basically, you, you he said, are you? You're still alive? <laughs> Perfect. Uh, however, um, just, just to put a, a cherry on top of this, uh, we just saw very recently um, Elizabeth Warren, um, famed uh, indigenous uh, uh, politician, basically saying something. And I want to get to, to this myself a little bit. Um, but basically she tweeted uh, uh Let's change the rigged tax code so that the person of the year actually pays taxes and stop freeloading off everyone else. To which Elon Musk replied, please don't call the manager on me, Senator Karen. Uh, <laughs> That's the line. <laughs> Steve, it's hard. It's hard to pin down a guy who's not going to get pinned down, isn't it? It really is. You know, most of our billionaires uh, aren't fun. That's right. They're not They're fun. Nuts. And what I've said about Musk for uh, for years now is if you had a Venn diagram of uh, Thomas Edison and Werner von Braun and P.T. Barnum, Musk would be dead center in the middle yeah. of, of that Venn diagram. And you could throw in a Hunter S. Thompson circle there too, probably. <laughs> you, you, you know what? I think you're right. It may be a little less of that, but I'm not going to quibble, quibble over the uh, proportions here. Um, what's, what I really like about Musk, though, and keep in mind, I'm not one of these people who's always hyping Tesla. I've seen how poorly manufactured some of those Teslas are. I wouldn't own one. On the other hand, I love what he's doing with SpaceX. This this is the future man of the year, Bill. So far, I realize the uh, the the century is young. Although these last couple of years have felt like a couple of decades, but for my money, right now he's the the man of the century. I, I happen to think so too. Yeah. Uh, so we'll we'll see how that plays out. But I fully expect that he will accomplish his dream of dying on Mars peacefully. Um, what an amazing impact! For those of you who haven't heard it, he says, "I, I, I must said, I, I, I personally, I'd love to die on Mars, just not on impact, not on impact, or not on landing or something." Uh, what What I really like about him, though, is uh, he's the Gen X guy who, despite his South African upbringing, really presents like an American Gen X person like myself. And I'm not talking about late Gen X, which might as well be millennials. I'm talking about those of us who uh, were born in the in the 60s, uh, the, the second half of the 60s, and were old enough to recognize just how ugly and awful the 70s were, but not so old that we could fully partake in the ugliness and the madness. 
and it imbued us with a uh, a sort of uh, an attitude that's a little bit in your face yet not caring. Uh, it's a really interesting subset of a generation, and I, I like being a part of it. I think it suits me. Um, and Musk has that. He is that, except instead of just being a kind of nerdy guy who likes making fun of people who are in need of making fun of, he made it. He's a multi-billionaire. Depending on the day of the week, he's the first or second richest guy in the world. And he's a guy not entirely different from me around my age who made it big, bigger than anybody else without losing that sense of what I really like about my little subset of Gen X. Uh, Scott, I think Steve put his finger on it really in terms of the appeal of this guy, at least for me. Um, and that is fun. The F word. He's, um, he's, he has accomplished something that I just simply did not think was possible. He's, he's managed to blend a pop culture awareness with the most cutting edge engineering on the face of the planet. And, and in terms of sheer gobsmacking, I cannot recall since the moon landing an event that that impressed me more than that launch of the Falcon Heavy that we did a show on a couple of years ago. It impressed me for two reasons. Because when I saw those two boosters coming down and landing side by side, I said, no one in the world has got this kind of engineering. No one. That impressed me on a technical end. But when the fairings came off of the payload, he just wanted to see how much this thing could lift. You have to, might as well put concrete block up there. You got to lift something. When the fairing came off of that payload, you saw the guy in that in that in that SpaceX spacesuit, which looks like a 21st century spacesuit on account of it being the 21st century, <laughs> sitting in a sitting in a red convertible, live with the Earth in the background, David Bowie playing uh, over the thing. Don't panic from Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy on the navigation console, and then to find out that while that's the two boosters have landed, oh, here's this guy in the in a thing. And then the other booster comes down to land on a moving platform in the Atlantic called, um, of course, I still love you. I think the new one is called, uh, got to read the manual or something like that. Uh, I, I thought he's, he's done it. He's, he's, he's made it cool to be educated, intelligent, ambitious, rich, uh, aggressive and and uh, and to uh, not put up with any crap from these politicians that are constantly trying to snuff out people like him and he's the, not he i don't think he's ever won a participation trophy in his life and the secret in, <laughs> the secret ingredient of free markets which he exemplifies to a t but seems to have been lost on a generation uh, multiple generations who believe we just deserve things for showing up and that they used to call industry, industriousness. In other mm -hmm. words, the Protestant work ethic, for one of another yes. term. Uh, this idea that you actually have to work hard. And I'd put Elon Musk up against anybody in America who thinks they're working hard and say he will hold up well to any standard of hard work. He seems to ladle more hard work onto himself the more successful he becomes. And the thing I think that distinguishes him from some billionaires, although I don't think billionaires as a class are necessarily bad people or uh, slothful people, but what really distinguishes him is he seems not only willing to work hard, but he seems like he's willing to lose it all every day. 
Like he's willing to bet the farm on one magnificent dream in order to see it happen. I mean, when they when they finally were able to know that the Falcon program was going to be able to continue, they were down to their last rocket. They were yep. going bankrupt if that thing didn't yep. get, get into orbit and they yep. managed to do it. But he he bet that. He didn't say, hey, let's go back into R&D. Let's back off. Let's wait a couple of years. Let's see if we can get some gov- more government funding. Let's do this, that, and the other thing. No, let's launch the FN rocket. And if it blows up or if it doesn't get into space, um, that's okay. We will have died trying. And that kind of attitude really deserves to be on the cover of a magazine that actually has readers other than you know Time Magazine. I don't know if, <laughs> how many magazines still have readers, but I think that's encouraging. Now, this, what I love about his slapback at uh, Senator Warren is the fact that the standard strategy for wealthy people when they're attacked in public is uh, three elements. Uh, Number one is apologize. Number two is lay low. And number three is pay off whoever's trying to extort you. And he just refuses to do any of those things. He basically comes right back as, you know, being a multi-billionaire and, and makes fun of this person who has accomplished nothing and, uh, you know, could only appear on the cover of Time magazine due to her professed uh, native heritage um, and basically said, you know, yeah, go ahead, show me, show me what you're doing. I'll show you what I'm doing. He also said, by the way, uh, that this year he will pay more taxes than any person who has ever lived. <laughs> in this year. And so not only was Elizabeth Warren uh, being snarky and uh, and frankly greedy, and that's really what it is, the, the progressive greediness, uh, but she was wrong. Yeah, uh, that's a shock in itself. Um, I just want to deal with this one thing and then get to the close here because Elizabeth Warren said, let's change the rig tax codes so that the person of the year will actually pay taxes. That's all wrong, but nevertheless, here's the here's the shot, and stop freeloading off of everyone else. Yeah, yeah. Oh. If nice. Elon Musk never paid a dime of taxes in his life, and you could make a compelling case actually for why he shouldn't have to, mm-hmm. he's employing hundreds of thousands of people in some of the highest paying jobs imaginable, let alone in the country. He has generated so much wealth. He has generated so much revenue. There are so many people paying mortgages and their taxes and all the rest of it. And innovation. For, Don't leave that out. It's the most important part. Correct. He's going to he's going to he's he's going to bring Internet in very high speed Internet to 80 percent of the Earth's surface. That's almost 100 percent of the world's people. And for somebody like Elizabeth Warren, who essentially was a was a a, a teacher before she became a, a, an elected Karen, who who stood there and basically did nothing to create anything for anybody other than take a paycheck so that she could advance her career through her Native American heritage, is quite a big quite a big statement actually to say that he's freeloading off of anybody else. Um, here's what I like most about Elon Musk, and this is what I like about all the people that are famous in terms of space and aviation, uh, and none of them are here anymore. Elon Musk is SpaceX. He is Tesla. He is Starlink. These are his companies. He does what he wants to. It is his individual thing. He doesn't listen to a board of directors. He doesn't have to run anything past a committee. The idea that Boeing would have put a convertible in space and had David Bowie playing on it is inconceivable. 
because even if somebody had that excellent idea, it would have immediately been shot down by lawyers or shot down by some bureaucracy or somebody who's wanted to take oh, it doesn't go well. This might be my job. No. When Elon Musk was was running um, Tesla out of California and he took a look at the actual data and tweeted the actual data that said, here are the COVID projections and here is the actual hospitalization. We're going back to work on this factory. Uh, a California Democratic politician said, F Elon Musk. And you know what he said back? He said, message received. That's all he said. And you know what he did next? He took Tesla out of California and moved it to Texas. Howdy. That's his revenge. That's his revenge. And when I say he's like the people I admire and who aren't around anymore, Elon Musk is an individual who runs his own company. Apple was Apple because of Steve Jobs. And when Steve Jobs left, it's not Apple anymore. It's just another giant corporation employing slave labor to make sure that nobody else gets into the market. All of these companies, the Boeing Company was named for a guy named Boeing, Grumman, Northrop, Hughes, Cessna, Lear, all of these guys, all of them, Sperry, all of them were individual people in the golden age of aerospace who ran the company the way they wanted to. And that's why these companies got to be so successful as they are. So now Elon Musk has left California. He's taken his enormous electric car company to Texas to join his uh, his uh, space company. And by the way, when Elon Musk has a problem, they've just announced that the um, that the Boeing uh, mock-up of a space vehicle is uh, delayed again for another two years because there's a valve corrosion issue that they can't solve and no one seems to know what it is. They say this very quietly. When Elon Musk has a problem with one of his engines, he comes out and tweets to the entire world, if we don't get this solved, we are going to lose this company. That's what an actual leader does. We're going to miss him in California, uh, of course, because now that he's going to Texas, he'll be free of California politicians who you'll be pleased to know, rather than solving the problems of rampant crime or, or, or lack of education or whatever, are hot on the main issue now threatening the state. And that is the pollution caused by single stroke, uh, by small engines, by little two stroke engines. You will no longer be able to buy a gas powered lawn uh, uh mower. You will no longer be able to buy a gas-powered leaf blower. And even better than that, California, the state that Elon Musk has just abandoned, has said that after 2024, if you decide to buy an emergency generator, it will have to be a zero emissions emergency generator, because that's what California has finally come to. California has come to the point where we are mandating electrically powered electrical generators. That's what this state has mandated. Nothing to it. If there's a blackout, you just take your generator, plug it into the wall. There's your electricity. Oh, how he's going to miss us. Oh, how we're going to miss. Oh, how we're going to miss him. I suspect there's going to be something that looks like a, a giant asteroid impact trail leaving from California to Texas in his wake. And you never know who might find themselves on such a path in the not too distant future. For Steve Green and Scott Ott, I'm Bill Whittle. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time on Radio. 